Well, no fancy cold opens or introduction this week, uh, unfortunately, uh, because I need to get right to this. This is uh, Tony Dufresne, PhD, from Scottsdale, Arizona, United States of whatever is happening right now, uh, with the Surrounded by Idiots radio podcast. Thanks for joining me. Every single week, I sit down and write some notes about a, a show I want to do with your value in mind, given the fact that you have so many different choices, you have uh, so many different types of choices in terms of taking your mind off of things or investing in something that's going to bring you some levels of joy or education or enlightenment. And the one thing that I want to do and the one thing I always strive to do is to provide as much value as I can to you. Because I feel as though it's an honor just for us to have the connection that we have and to move forward in our life together as sort of tribe members and trying to figure all of this stuff out to the betterment of not only ourselves, but to also the people that we touch directly and indirectly with our energy. But I can't not talk about what's happening. And I know that you can listen to everybody talking about what's happening. So that's why what I would like to do is share one thing briefly and then to go in why I think things are happening from almost a meta level at this point to possibly give us a deeper level of understanding and hope in regards to the reasons why this is the case and the reasons why it had to get so horrible uh, before the transformation. I get it now on a, on a deeper level in regards to the Black Lives Matter, in regards to the kneeling for the national anthem. I have said back in the day that I understand and I sympathize with what's going on. I was brought up in a middle-class neighborhood five miles from the beach in Southern California. We weren't brought up overtly racist. We had an Asian, higher Asian population. We had, uh, we didn't have that many black people around, uh, but we also, but we had the Mexican issue and that was always our racist situation that we dealt with. The illegal aliens, the, the stealing our jobs, the higher crime, the not learning English. That was what I was brought up with in a house that looked at those people as relatively unwelcome people. We didn't go out to homeless shelters. As a child, I was never exposed to their struggles. So in growing up, it was always a matter of not understanding somebody and seeing them as second-class citizens in order to validate my own ego position in the whole scheme of things at the time in growing up. I can see that for what it is. That programming that happens, that subversive racism that, that happens, leads us to believe as we get older that we're not. And it's only until something happens, and this goes back into just the basic psychology of leverage. When something gets so bad that there is a fundamental shift in your paradigm, there's a fundamental shift in your reframing of your reality because you can't avoid it any longer, then all of a sudden it's like, whoa. I mean, little Timmy didn't hear the bell on the Polar Express until he believed. I finally got the reasons why it was an issue. And it took watching some horrific footage and then 
footage in terms of response to that footage that continually reinforces the systematic issues that we have. Now, when I say systematic issues, I don't mean everybody's complicit in this. I have a really good friend of mine who is actually in the police force. And I, the first thing I did was I called him up and I asked him what he thought about the systemic issues, what he thought about police brutality, what he thought about everything that's happening, what he thought about what happened to George Floyd. And his response was humanitarian. It was, that was a terrible thing and it should have never have happened. So being a 55-year-old white guy, uh, I'm going to say that the curtain has been lifted to the point where I see what I haven't seen before. I understand more about this. I see more of these systemic issues that we need to deal with. And the good news is, I think a lot of us, it, it being in a position similar to mine, has been able to see that. You know, it's interesting is that even with all the division going on right now, every single state in the United States, along with 18 other countries, held protests. And you know what else is interesting to me is from from a United States citizen's perspective, I find it comforting the fact that, that the other countries who have always looked upon the United States as the place for freedom, the place to go where you can make your dreams come true. They're almost like family members bringing us in to an intervention and sitting us down at that front seat and going, we care about you very much and these are the reasons why we want you guys to do better. Now, what all this is, all this is change. All this is showing the soft white underbelly of people not ready to change. And it's because of the technological revolution and the internet revolution. When there's such a major paradigm shift in society, it's like a big magnet comes strolling through and little pieces will start being attracted to it here and there as it goes through. Now, there are some other pieces that won't be initially, but as it gains strength and as it moves through and impacts the area that it moves through, it will create a vortex. It'll create a vacuum. It will create the energy from moving the other, the smaller things. It'll start moving the bigger things. And that's what's happening right now. It shows that we're going into a global society. It's ushering us into globalization. And as much as this nationalistic, narrow-minded, territorial, fear-based thinking has kept us with these intangible borders around our own self-interests, divided up by countries, it's come to the point finally where we can't deny the fact that we are all connected, literally now, by the internet. Does this mean that a lot of things are going to change? Yes, it does. Does this mean that a lot of binary thinking or lower energy people or people that haven't expanded their minds intellectually are going to understand this? No, they don't understand. And even intellectual people that understand, that, that realize what's going on still want to be in denial and act in denial, mostly because it benefits them from a power or an ego perspective. And that's what you're seeing right now. And since things are being exposed now, it's almost like the internet revolution, the technological revolution is the black light that you bring into the hotel room. <laughs> and it's cool because you can see things that you don't see, but you can also see things that you don't want to see 
or they've at least existed for some time and they have never been cleaned up or addressed appropriately and they're there. And now you can't unsee that. And that's what's happening right now. So what happens to the people that when they bring the black light in and they see these things and it doesn't suit their particular purpose or it doesn't add or support their own narrative in terms of how they live their life and the values that they use to live their lives, if it doesn't support those values, if it doesn't support that position, if it doesn't support that opinion that they have about other people or about their particular culture, then they will deny it. They will confirmation bias like crazy and do everything they can to redirect the narrative onto something else because they, for the life of them, cannot accept the fact that it is there. They're complicit. The exposure of that is the change process. The current Trumpy cult stuff that's happening is not the Republican Party. And I, and I'm saying that as a Republican for 30 some odd years. And I, I literally ran down to the post office and signed up on my 18th birthday. I believed in the fundamentals of smaller government, but also helping the people out that need help. I've always been a small business guy. So I've always looked at it like, why not help the small businesses and capitalism grow from that particular perspective versus bailing out corporations or versus creating tax shelters and creating the 1% where everybody else is just trying to fight for the scraps. And that's exactly what's happening. And that's not the platform that I signed up for. Well, now they're using fear and divisiveness, racism, marginalization, all to create division. General Mattis just came out yesterday, who is one of the most respected armed services members that our country has ever had, and said just that. He's not trying to bring the country together. He doesn't even attempt attempt to try to bring things together because that's not the directive. That's not the objective. What happens is he's playing to the base. You know who the base is for him? The base are the binary thinking, narrow-minded, fear-based, nationalistic, old regime, Bible-thumping people. Now, I'm not disparaging you if you have uh, religious beliefs that you believe in or you go to church. That's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is that is the base that he speaks to. That is the base that is scared to death of change. And that's why it was completely worth it for him and his group to tear gas and rubber bullet their way through a peaceful protest to go stand in front of a church with a Bible that's not even his own for pictures, for a photo op. And it was for that. It was for the, it was for those people who believe their way of life is being destroyed. The inmates are taking over the asylum and it's all about fear. And the entire leadership objective of those people is to scare the crap out of their base. So their base comes out and keeps them in. You know, it's fascinating to me that anybody that believes in the teachings of Jesus Christ or the Bible in and of itself and decency and being a human being would still throw their weight behind somebody who represents the opposite of all of those. Even though they know that you have to be an idiot not to know that the guy does not go to church. You'd have to be an idiot to know that the guy doesn't know any Bible verses. He's already been challenged and he doesn't know it. Again, these are the facts and they don't matter. It's fascinating to me. It is devolved into such a tragic circumstance to where so many people are so scared shitless that they would prop up a person 
who doesn't represent any of their ideals except for not wanting things to change. So the good news is the tide is coming in and you can't stand out there and hold your arm out and say, don't come in. It's happening. The change is happening. During any significant evolutionary shift in human existence, it's happened. (laughs) There's no way around it. Can't put it back in the box. The problem is is that through any initial thing, it is wonky and it is abused and it's just a mess. It's an absolute tire fire because people don't know how to use it. Then people try to use it and make mistakes. And then other people who who continuously just want to screw people over, they look at it as a tool for destruction and they use it as such. But what does give me hope in all of this is the fact that there were protests in every single state in 18 different countries. And I can't deny the fact that I myself get it a little more. I can't say I get it all the way because maybe I don't. I don't know. But I know I get it more than I did yesterday or the day before. And seeing so many other people start to start to get it and what it all means, because it goes way beyond just Black Lives Matter. That is the driving force for systemic change in all systems that we deal with. But I think the good news is we've gotten to the point where we've gone through all of these stages of awareness and higher levels of understanding for more people. I truly believe right now we're at the Gladwellian tipping point on this. So like any show that always comes down to the last step, which is called action, being aware of a clarity transition in your own psyche is one thing, and that's terrific. There are definitely other things that we can do. And I have to mention Killer Mike and his speech that he gave from the mayor's podium in Atlanta a few nights ago, which was one of the most powerful speeches I've ever heard, where he talked about the least you should do is sign up for the census so we know that you're there and so you can be counted and register to vote. Register to vote, register to vote. If you want to make change, then you've got to make sure that you are voting and supporting the people that are in office that make those decisions or pass those laws are doing them. You have, you've got to vote out the people, the old regime. Sign up for the census. It takes 10 minutes and vote. You would be shocked at how small of a percentage it is of registered voters that actually do vote. This is a reckoning. And I am not one for hyperbole. I'm also not one that's a pessimistic thinker. Many people have gotten extremely irritated by how optimistic I am. (laughs) My realism is coated in a thick layer of optimism. But I have to say, all that being the case, truthfully, I think this is a reckoning right now. And from an American standpoint, I can't think of any time in history since this country was founded that we are in a position now where we could lose it. It's so concerning that there's 18 other countries out there protesting because they don't want to lose Uncle Sam. They don't want to lose the dream as well. So I think it's so important that you register to vote and you vote. I hope things are good. I hope you're safe. Remember, there's still COVID-19 out there too. So wear your mask. Be good to each other. Register to vote. Register for the census. I'll talk to you next week. I'm too tired to pretend I don't want to be alone. I'm calling off 